And we are back with another Black With No Cream podcast. New episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. I am your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Reverse World. The episode that you're currently listening to right now is actually last week's episode. If you want to hear the interview that we came out with today, you can get access to that a week early on our Patreon page. If you contribute, you will unlock a bunch of other dope-ass exclusive perks. But more importantly, you will be contributing to the growth of the best motherfucking educational platform for content creators that has ever existed. So open up your browser and go to jointhehomies.com or patreon.com slash cream. We just thought we'd make it a little bit easier with the short link for the homies. And a quick shout out to the three most recent supporters on our Patreon who pledge Colton, Fernando, Sherry. Y'all are legends. Thank you so much for your support. Today is episode 50, man. We made it to episode 50. Fuck, that's crazy. I just want to point out that to this point, we've had over 56 hours of content. That's 2.3 days worth of content. That's 3,300 plus minutes of content. That's 201,000 plus seconds of content. That's a bunch of fucking content with no cosign, with no financial backing other than my own wallet, with nothing but a passion to help educate others by sharing stories and ideas. I am proud of Black Widow Cream. Cheers to 50 and cheers to 50 more. Fuck yes. Anyways, today for episode 50, we have our first official A&R on the show. My guy, Push Arad. Push works as an A&R for Interscope Records, one of the biggest labels in the world. He has a roster of artists such as Aaron Ray, who we interviewed a few months ago on the Black Widow Cream podcast, J305, Mitch, Dreezy, and more. For those of you who do not know what an AR is, as defined on Google, AR stands for Artist and Repertoire, and the AR is the division of the record label that is responsible for talent scouting and the artistic and commercial development of the recording artist. He or she is the liaison between the artist and the record label. So basically, Push is that guy who can change your life and is always looking to do so. Push has an incredible story, and the main takeaways for me are consistency and drive. This guy always finds a way to make an impact on whatever situation he is in. He's always found a way to have a purpose in any group situation he's in. Coming up with artists like YG and DJ Mustard, Push always said that he was a professional homie and for a good reason. He was a go-to guy for anything. Parties, music, tattoos, you name it. Push created his own lane and there was no one that was going to box him out. He's even made his own video game for mobile phones. There's lots of motivation in this episode. If you're an artist trying to catch a break, tune in. If you're a creator feeling like you're at the bottom of the barrel, tune in. There's so much to learn for anyone creative or non-creative. That's why I love this shit. If this is your first time tuning into the podcast, you're probably wondering what does Black Window Cream stand for? Black Window Cream is a private content creator group fueled by caffeine, or at least I am. I take my coffee, Black Window Cream, but you can drink or not drink whatever caffeine you fuck with and still be a part of our community. We are a free private group on Facebook open to creators of all kinds, aka if you make videos, if you're a photographer, if you are an A&R, if you do marketing, management, editing, dancing, etc., 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 all creators are welcomed. Our private group has been growing rapidly. We have a shit ton of members working together by sharing content. They're asking for feedback passing tips and tricks along to one another with the goal of pushing each other to become the best motherfucking content creators on earth. And you can join our group if you want to by going to bwnc.com slash join. We would love to fucking have you. Please join the group. All right, that's it. Leave us a review on YouTube or iTunes so that they know we are lit. Go get some merch. Actually, no, I lie. We don't have any merch right now, but we're making some shit. So stay tuned for the drop. Actually, if you want to be the first to know about when that Black Window Cream merch is going to drop, get automatic discounts, and get early access to the podcast, go contribute to the Black Window Cream movement at jointhehomies.com. Show us your support on our Patreon page. It means a fucking world to me. Thank you to all those who have pledged so far and for considering if you haven't done it yet, but you're still considering. Thank you for thinking about it right now. I appreciate you thinking about this right now. 
I love you. Enjoy the work week. Keep creating. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday and Sunday for a new Black with No Cream episode. And without further ado, I bring to you my interview with Pusherod and the most epic podcast intro ever created right motherfucking now! Attention. If you stop this podcast recording at any time, you will die. I don't want to die. Do you want to live? Yeah. You have 24 hours to share this podcast with five people or you will die. I'm kidding. You won't die. You're just weak shit for not sharing. And the winner of the best motherfucking podcast goes to... Goes to... Black with no cream. What do you think? It's so fucking dumb and so fucking Ben Haggerty. I knew you would say that. And we're back. Another Black with No Cream podcast. I don't think you know much about this podcast yet. Nah, not too much. You just said send it. I'm gonna do the episode. Hell yeah. I appreciate that. Dog. Nah, you feel me? Good push, energy. Push, aka Push a Rod on Instagram. Yes, sir. What's happening, That's bro? me, man. I'm here, man. Shout out to Serge. You know, Serge hooked this he up. He did man. hook it up. This is the second one in the can for a fucking Black Widow Cream podcast. He brought your artist, actually. Aaron, Aaron Ray. Yep. So you signed you signed Aaron, right? Yeah, I signed Aaron to Interscope. So he works for Interscope, not Aaron. <laughs> push on, Yeah, there we go. So push is Interscope four years? In, four years now. Being an AR for, were you an AR prior to that for nah. anyone else? Before working at Interscope, like I, I tell everybody, I was a professional homie. Mm. I worked with YG and Mustard. Um, I did a little bit about everything, whatever it took, just to help the squad. A professional homie. Yes, sir. You're from here, right? I'm from here, born and raised. LA, baby. LA? Yeah. Damn. South Central, East Side. Because I feel like now, just talking before we started this shit, I realized that we have a bunch of people that we're friends with that are in common. So I was just trying to hit up Trell and. FaceTime him real quick. That'd be funny as fuck if he answered that shit. But yeah, nah, that's not nah, everybody, man. man. You Shout been, out Trail, man. You, Meeks gang. Yeah, <laughs> and you just—I don't know. You probably can't talk about what you just told us. You just did some shit. Hey not man, yet. just know I got a lot of crazy shit happened in 2019. Man, just signed my first crip. You know, I'm gonna just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> that's hard. That's hard. How many people you got underneath you right now? How many people have you signed? Um, personally signed five. Six, um, but underneath me, I work on about like nine, ten projects. So then, because I don't know a whole lot about the NR game, but it would be like, like you're just saying, like personally, and then are you collaborating with other people to try to secure? Yeah, so um, the first artist I ever worked with was Dreezy mm-hmm. um, on Interscope. I didn't sign Dreezy. Um, she was signed by a good friend of mine named Tunji before he left Interscope and went to RCA where he bossed up at, you feel me? Um him and Joey Ie, the guy who brought me in, signed Dreezy. Um, I was working at Interscope for about like a week when I was handed her first project. Oh, shit. And like, yeah, what you think about this? And you just ran with it? Yeah, like, oh, shit, it's time to turn up. That's what you give me? <laughs> All right. What made them give you that right away? They just trusted you or? I don't even know. Like, we were in the office talking. I was in my boy Archie's office, and then Joey just came in and handed me a mixtape and was like, listen to this. And I listened to it, and I'm like, okay. So what was your first move? Like, what do you, how do you operate like with a brand new artist and you're trying to figure out, you know, how, how do you really run with that? And what do you do first? Honestly, I didn't know. Dreezy was my first project. I was fresh in the building. I was just trying to do what I could do. Use my resources, bring the people who I'm allied with around her. Um, me and my, my guy Dash, we start working at Interscope about the same time. 
it was both our first project. We 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 were given together and we just collaborated on trying to build her out and build a story for her and just learn a lot about her. For dad, she's from Chicago just like her, so they had a similar background and for me it was just like understanding her through him right. and understanding her just through what she was comfortable with telling me and telling him yeah and we just came up with a vision and what we thought we wanted to do and what our expectations was and me and dash just put our heads together and did that hmm. so like a lot of people so say you have this artist our artist usually is pretty tight with their crew they come in they may have a producer that they've been working with for years even if they're still brand new so you almost have to like put the pedal down and try to like fast forward through building a friendship like as quick as possible to learn everything about them in a way yeah yeah i mean as far as me like the music is the most important thing but with getting the best music out of a person you have to know the person that's what i'm saying and you know so me i'm a very personal person like and i'm very open i'm like a book like you ask me something about myself i'm gonna tell you you ask me my opinion about something i'm gonna tell you like whether i think it's gonna upset you or not right, and right. from that I feel like people tend to fuck with me a little more because they know I'm not going to beat around the bush or, mm. you know, just giving nobody no industry answers. Right, and right. so doing that, I just tend to get the best out of artists because, like, people think, like, oh, a and is supposed to come in and control an artist or change an artist or make an artist go mainstream. Like, that's not what it's about. Like, being an A&R is, is helping an artist find themselves, helping an artist really see what they believe in and what they want to talk about and how they want to how they want to see themselves and how they want to present themselves to the world because most of the time artists know what they want but they don't know how to get it so it's up to you to really facilitate that right. and help them build their story out so damn yeah that makes too much sense so with for her case you came in and you kind of are learning you wanted to build out her story right because right. at the time the mixtape was the only thing she had out Correct. She had a mixtape out. She had a few songs out. Um, the biggest song she had at the time was a freestyle, which was her Chirac freestyle. And mm -hmm. I was like, yo, this is great. Like, nigga, she's, she's crazy. Like, bossed up. She's a, like a beautiful woman. She's from the hood. Like, and she don't give a fuck. And she's telling you, like, nigga, I don't give a fuck. Like, nigga, I'm at every bitch's throat. And she murdered Nikki on a track yeah, right. Nikki tried to murder. That's like, crazy. you know, shout out G Herb, you know, for his <laughs> record. And, you know that helped spark it right so then so then initially did you guys start putting together an album or what was your first move with her nah it was like or was it just the overall aesthetic it like? was just trying to build something like we knew we knew what we wanted to do right me and dash never put together an album before like just 100 percent ours like i worked uh, on on the side of other people and watched mm -hmm. like I was involved in the making of my crazy life, but that wasn't my project. Like crazy. I was just a friend of YG's yeah. and I worked with YG. So I was involved. I was in tune and I was just learning. I would give my opinion. I would try to bring other things to the table, but I wasn't A&R. Sycamore was A&R at the time. And he pretty much told me like, yo, you know what you're doing? This is what A&R do. I'm like, shit, I thought I'm just a good homie. Like <laughs> professional. You feel me? Yeah. Like, yeah, I hear that. Okay, yeah. so before you get into let's, let, I want to go back because I like to step into like where you were childhood wise. Like, what made you become a professional homie? Like, as far as music goes, early on, what, how involved were you with music? Because it sounds like you were in the scene with all these people that have been coming up through YG I mean, Muster, all so, these people. But like high school and junior high and shit like that, when you were a kid, were you running like was music prevalent or was it no, just it wasn't? I was hustling. 
Really? Yeah, like I used to like if people from LA know about me, I used to throw these parties called Club Kiss. Um, I was part of like Level Ten and all that. Like I was a quote unquote promoter. Yeah, yeah, and like one of the parties I used to throw frequently, like YG used to perform at the parties and PC used to perform at the parties. Like at the beginning, like when Pushes first started, it was YG and PC. Oh shit! Like. Mustard was like one of the number one DJs in the city, like, and it was like, shit, you got a hot party, like, you got to get Mustard to DJ, like, I'm from the east side, Mustard's from the west side, he went to Dorsey, I went to Fremont mm. at the time, like, when I was in ninth and 10th grade, and like, this nigga was missing school, because he was DJing other schools. This was when you were ninth and 10th grade? This was in high school, oh, like, shit. Mustard was missing school. Like, cause he was DJing other schools pep rallies. That's how cracking he was. Like Damn. he was the nigga. Like, That's crazy. So just like, like shout out to Big B, cause Big B was like one of the guys who aligned us all. Like I've known YG for years, but I was doing my thing. He was doing his thing. Mustard was doing his thing. Like Ty, like everybody, like he kind of facilitated and brought us together. Like shout out my nigga A, shout out Rude Boy. Like, but I was just hustling and just trying to figure out like. What's my niche? And then just being involved in around YG, like, it was like, shit, you either gonna pick up some slack or, shit, you don't get left behind. Like, and I just believe, like, being a real friend and being a real homie, like, if you're involved, if you're around somebody who's doing something positive, like, you either add to that or you're something that's taken away from that. Right. And I didn't want to be the something that was taken away from that. So it was like, whatever it was, promoting a party, passing out flyers, mm -hmm. passing out mixtapes, like shit. Nigga, we used to like be driving down the street, see a bad bitch, stop the car, nigga, hop out, nigga, go give her this CD. <laughs> Here, have you, yeah. ever heard, have you heard of YG? Well, this is, this is mixtape, 400. Like, Damn. I'm, well, sorry. Backtrack. It wasn't even Four Hundred back then. It was Four Fingers. Like his first mixtape yeah. was Four Fingers, and like we literally were just out everywhere. All the homies just doing whatever we did, and I just took that and just kept working and just seeing like where I fed in and like not trying to step on nobody's toes, but what can I help and do? Right. And then that led to me meeting Joey Ie, hmm. and Joey Ie was the guy who brought me an Interscope. Which was what straight like straight out of high school or this is a nah. while after that. So after high school, um, moved around YG for a while. I was doing like tattoos and shit. Like what just, the fuck you were tattooing, bro? Listen, I mean you got I'm, the whole head. I'm, and a, shit. I'm a hustler, bro. I, I like see. if I can if I can do it if I can make money with it, like I'm gonna figure it out. Yeah. Like you feel me? And I wanted to do something that was dope when I dropped out of college, and it was just like shit. This gonna help me make money. Mm -hmm. This gonna have me around the right people, the right things. Like, let me try this. Like, and I used to like be tattooing everybody. Like, rest in peace to my dog Frog. Like, before Frog passed, like I didn't even have a car. Like, Frog was driving me around, taking me to go tattoo somebody in Compton, in Watts, in Harthon. Like, what? I'm getting fifty bucks for a tattoo. Right. We going to buy a little weed, and I'm giving him ten dollars for gas money, and we <laughs> just chilling. Like, right? Like. I just did whatever, like, and then it just involved, and I took all that hustle and just put it in this craft, like, That's yo, dope. like, music, okay, this is what I'm going to do. If I'm going to take this serious, I need to learn, like, I started reading books about music. I started trying to understand, like, the the ins and outs and the behinds of the music. Like, I was in the room, like, Mustard sitting there making beats. Like, I just sit back and watch. Like, I wasn't 
I'm not a producer, nothing like that. I was just fascinated. Like the homie went from a DJ to a producer, and now you look fast forward this many years later, he's one of the top producers in the game. Top. Like, and it's just like that's a drive and that's hunger, and I feel like I have to do the same thing. Like, right. So on my side is like doing doing whatever it took to become an A and then once I got in the building, it's like putting my stamp in the building and you know just building my resume and making myself a household name right. like making myself an actual brand the way i saw yg and mustard and ty make themselves a brand but do it in a business aspect mm-hmm. versus being an artist do you work with yg mustard still this day yeah uh, right. he's my homies are like, they interscope yeah i mean yg's not signing interscope but he has a label at interscope which is 400 okay on 400 we have mitch um I signed Mitch. We have Kamaya, A&R, Kamaya. Um, then um, on Mustard's side, he has Ella May. Right. She's dope. Him and Mustard and Ella's killing it. And then together, they have 400 Summers. And on 400 Summers, they have RJ and I, A&R, RJ right, also. Right. I think Mustard brought her out on Kyle's set because I was just on tour with B&J. Mm-hmm. And he brought... What show were they at? I can't remember. I feel like they came out. Yeah. Maybe they would have come out mm-hmm. for that. That was dope. The So what's interesting to me too, though, is like by running and doing promoting at like an early age, I feel like your importance in music to these people, like if you were facilitating parties that the DJs were playing at. No they, cap, bro. I gave the new boys their first show. They like, count on you. They need you to put it together. Like if you're a people person, you're going to connect the dots. The party's going to be cracking, especially if they're there. So it's like, facts. it's a win-win for both people. So you've, it's like you've, you've magneted yourself into the shit immediately from exactly. the job. So then when you were in the studio and you were kind of paying attention to what's going on, you're studying it, you're reading the books, did you kind of have a sense of like, Oh, I could fit in here. Like I could be. I I I I have an ear for the music. I could find a way to develop an artist. No, like at the beginning, it was just watching, sitting back, watching, trying to understand, trying to figure out like what what are we doing and how are we doing and how can I help do it? But did I know that I would be here? No, right. You feel me? But I just once that lane opened up for me and it was a possibility champ through yeah. it like i gotta figure it out like yo if this is really what if this is a and r like let me really dive into this let me figure it out let me put my hustle into this mm. and then that led me where i'm at so what were you doing as when you started dabbling in the a and r shit does that come from you just getting kind of shoved into interscope yeah circle i've never like like that's the beginning that's of the beginning that's chapter uh, one like me working at interscope was chapter one of well i'll say it's chapter two because I was involved and I was around the creation of my crazy life. Mm-hmm. But that was Sycamore's project. And I literally just sat back and watched what he was doing and understanding like how to really create a record and how to really cre- like evolve a sound and get the right people in the room. Because it's easy to get people in a room together, but that don't mean you're going to make the right thing. Right. You have to have the right type of energy yeah. and the right type of synergy around is having the right people for this day or that day. Cause this producer could bump heads with this producer because both of them have strong personalities. But then again, you could bring this producer in here and this producer and he like, he's going to teach him something. And then, the vibe, the energy is just different. Right. So really just understanding that and seeing how that worked and then working on YG's first album, I became friends with Terrace Martin. Mm. And Terrace Martin, like, 
he kind of helped groom me and mentor me and helped me understand how to really put a record together. Right. Like, and then working on my first project, which was Dreezy, you know, I called Terrence like, yo, I'm ready, bro. They gave me my first project. I need you. I don't, I'm trying to make a sound. I don't know what it is I'm trying to do, but I know I'm trying to do something. I'm trying to create something. So I don't just want to play her beats all day. Right. I want to bring in people and bring energy and bring something around her that makes her feel special. Right. And that's what me and Dash did. Like Gave making her, her first album. Like we brought in we brought in people to build around what she already had. Mm. Because people like Dreezy can sing. Like people didn't really know she can sing like that. Like, you know, Dreezy started off doing poetry. So like if you did poetry, like you can get on right. different type of beats. You yeah. just don't have to be on drill beats because you're right. from Chicago like so working on our first album we wanted to really open the door and then like that's how you get records like close to you by Terrence Martin and Lawrence or you get something like you don't know me like those are aren't the typical producers you would put in with her but then when you try to build that synergy you get records like that right when you when you're putting people in the room with her is it how important is it to have someone that's in the room with clout versus finding someone that may not have as much clout, but you know the talents there that they Honestly, can Honestly, I don't give a fuck about clout. Like, I just want the right people. Like, bro, like, I'll if I meet a guy today and he plays the fucking violin and he's fucking amazing, like, bro, pull up. Mm -hmm. Like, like, this is music. Like, music doesn't have boundaries. Like, I feel so many people get lost in, oh, because this person has a name or this person has a name, right. it's a hit. That that doesn't make it a hit record because right. that person at one point in time didn't have a name. Nah. He just was good at what he does and he loved what he does or she loved what she, were do she was doing and that led them to be where they're at. So right. it's like, you have to give people a chance and it's just like, being involved and help break a producer that hasn't really done anything yet, that helps build you up and build your career because you didn't just go get the Metro beat because Metro's Metro or because yeah. you're a friend with him. You didn't go just get a mustard beat because you know you can call mustard. Like, you know, bringing in other people that add other elements, it makes things more grand, I feel. True. And like, just any, any album I worked on, like, I believe in giving the underdog the chance because I was the underdog. Right. Like I, I believe in giving somebody who hasn't had the opportunity, but who's hungry a chance because that was once me. Mm. And if I shy away from those people, who am I going to be? Right. And what is the longevity of my career? And how are people going to look at me in 10 years? Like, Oh, that's the nigga who sold out. Like, that's not me. Right. You're developing and creating like the next generation of artists one at a time. You could just take them the cheat code. Hmm. But that doesn't like, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, you can get a good record out of it, but right. that doesn't last forever. Yeah. Like, and then like the same thing, like you got somebody who has this name. They want to come in and just press play, press play, play like five, 10 beats who they done play for 10 other people versus you get somebody who's hungry and like, yo, what are you into? Right. Let's create. Oh, you got an idea? Mm -hmm. Let me hear your idea. Let me make something to you yeah. and like, let's make a sound. Let's make something that, that fits you versus me playing a beat who I can give to you, Chris Brown, why? Like a, a great beat can go to anybody. Right. 
but making a great record like i feel like it's just something about making music from scratch that gives you that feeling like because music started off from scratch like people was yeah and the internet wasn't a thing where you couldn't you know write a saying? record on one coast to the next like you be in a room and organically come up with content is fucking amazing and I think you can tell sometimes too in a lot of records you can tell the synergy is missing from physically being in a studio especially with rap right now like I feel like if anyone can just record in their basement why do they need to come out you know what I mean exactly and just like working with YG and Mustard like Mustard could come and play YG 30 beats he might pick one might pick two and like I'm telling you, he's picking over beats that anybody would love to rap on. Yeah. But you get Mustard and YG in the room and, and Mustard pull out that keyboard and that MPC, that hammer. first beat he put on, YG about to start rapping mm -hmm. to him. And then it's like, oh, that's what you're saying? Oh, let me add this. Oh, right. all right, now we in something. Now you got everybody in the room like, yeah. nigga, this is a vibe. Mm -hmm. Like, nigga, we feel this. Like, that's what they need, man. Exactly. I super need that. That's, that's so, yeah. That's so if it's like one thing I took away from just working with YG, Mustard, and Terrence is, trying to create in the room like and any artist i work with they'll tell you like yeah i'm gonna play you beats but i want to create with you like right. i want to make this an experience i want to make this your album mm -hmm. not a just a project not an album full of beats right like this is you this is your body of work this is your story yeah, like let's build this why wouldn't this fit you huh yeah that's fucking makes too much sense what up how long when you first started working with her how long was the process like you said you've been an a for four years yeah how long does it take like you, you're working with just her is is another artist being piled on have you tried to find another artist at this time or are you spend a lot of time like for me i did a documentary when i first got for chris brown i did his and i'm sitting there editing that shit for like nine months but i wasn't taking anything else but then eventually i stemmed out and started working on other projects yeah i mean as far as like creating dreezy's first project like we really didn't know what we were doing. Right. We were trying to like get our own science down. Like, how do you make an album? How do you do this? Like, and Dash has his ways and his philosophy and I have my ways and my philosophy and we kind of just brought that together. Mm. Did we bump heads a couple times? A hundred percent. But that made me and Dash closer right. and like real friends today versus just somebody who worked on a project together. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it was... It was ups and downs just trying to figure it out, but it was like once we got it, the next albums were easier because like I know my routine, like and yeah. I'm me, so like I don't give a fuck like what's going on. <laughs> Nobody's gonna tell me like this is the way to do it, like because everybody has their own way and their own strategies, and I respect everybody across the board. However, you do it, but just because that works for you doesn't mean that's gonna work for me. Right? Maybe you can get better results because you're. You're you're good at picking beats for right. somebody, but I feel like I'm better at creating with somebody, mm. and that's more special to me. Right. Like in those moments, you remember those moments versus pressing play. Cause or not even doing that emailing, you know? Yeah. What I mean, not even being there to watch, like press play for them. Yeah, hmm. like it's it's just a, it's a different scenario. And then once you get a producer. Like, don't get me wrong, I take beats all the time. But once you get a producer that an artist fucks with, 
Then it's like, all right, you like they beats, so you're going to trust them. Now I can bring them in the room to do it my way. Right. But not every artist is very is comfortable with just having somebody come in and make beats. Like, people don't have time for that right. until they fuck with a producer. But once they fuck with a producer, they know it's a click there. It's a bond there. So it's like... The investment you, in time is worth it. Exactly. Because there's a lot of time. I mean, how often... You just told me your schedule in a day is fucking outrageous. Yeah. But a studio session is no joke. Like, I've been in several, and it's... You're in that shit for hours and exactly. some shit just may be a loop for fucking ever and nothing's happening. No cap. How how much time do you think you spent in the studio in the past? Well, just four years, not your whole life because I know you've been in and out of them for a minute. Yo. Like I on mean, a good week, what's, what's, your, what's your studio average? On a good week? Um, Almost I'm every in, night? I'm in the studio. I'm in the studio at least five to six days a week. Goddamn. Every night, like from eight to three, or from nine to five, like. So what's the balance? Like, if you're in the studio, you're connecting that, but you want to also be building on outside of the studio. What are you doing? Are you taking meetings, like lunches, what? trying to build I'm relationships? Going, I'm waking up in the morning, going to the office, spending my hours in the office, doing what I have to do, politicking with the people I have to politic and let them know about what's going on because, like, working in the office, you have to understand, like, when you're in the studio, the people working in the office don't know what's going on. Right. So to get them excited and to have them, like, be interested in what you're doing, you have to come and tell them, like, oh, man, last night the session was great. We right. did whoop de whoop They be like, for real? Yeah. For real? Let me hear something. Boom, press play. And then yeah. you're like, yeah, nigga. See? It's that heat. Yeah. yeah, nigga. Keep the like, budget coming. You know, and you, you want to keep people enthused about yeah. what you're doing because it's easy for somebody to turn off. Right. And once they're turned off to something, they don't give a fuck because they got other things to do. And you can't hold anybody accountable or mad, be mad at anybody about that but it's just like you involving them is what makes it work for the artist right so it's like they count so, on you for that exactly so it's like what's the point of having an A&R who's sitting in the studio with you if he's not getting the label excited about you right like then they it, have to do all the selling it's, it's like there's no work. balance like hmm. like there's meetings that that's held every day about your artist like but you are the one who knows the artist. So you need to be there to be in those meetings to help make sure that things not just always go the artist's way, but they're the best situation for the artist right. and for the music. Right, right, right. Especially when you're at a, that big of a, I mean, one of the top labels in the world. The top label in the world, the, man. Sorry, the top Interscope label. number one, there baby. You no, you know, no disrespect to nobody else. But when it comes to this, you know. You guys got it. <laughs> that part. Uh, but I mean, it's so competitive. There's so many artists. And then you have just a few. I mean, when it comes to the, there's only so many people at the top that have to be impressed all the time. So you have to be feeding them gold all the time because they're not going to spend, keep spending money on shit, right? Like if you're not relaying the message as it's working, it's worth the budget, the worth the money that's coming out, like they're just going to stop the checks, which essentially, right? I mean, you know. That's how it works. I mean, you know, certain things, you know, certain things happen a certain kind of way, but it just, as an A&R, just, it's up to you to keep the balance. Right. And that's across the board from the studio to the office. Yeah. With the, produ like, because a producer going to send you beats so many times, be like, damn, you still working on that same project? Right. Like, it is like, shit. That don't that don't matter. Like, what matters is finishing and getting the best body of work done. So right. it's like, it can, 
you can get it done in a week, two weeks, a right. month, a year, two years. Like it's there's no real time limit on music. Mm-hmm. Like the only thing, the only thing is that you give it your all and you try to make the best you can make in a short period of time with like internal deadlines but not rush your music right because anything you rush is always gonna be half-assed right 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 like you know like it's like having some food you know like this prime example french fries okay you get some some french fries right you don't eat them instantly they get cold you can put them in the microwave they gonna get soggy they're not gonna be right but if you turn on the oven for a second and then you put the french fries in the oven, like, they're low-key, like, you can't leave them in there too long, don't get me wrong, but they're going to turn out, stay hard, and stay the way they're supposed to be. Like, because it's heated up the right way. Mm-hmm. Anything you microwave is not going to ever go the right way for you. Right. So, making music, like, I'm not microwaving shit. Like, everything's <laughs> in the oven. Like, I'm preheating the oven. Yeah. And then when that motherfucker ready, <laughs> I'm tossing that shit in there. Yeah, I love that. Damn. So what was the next project? What'd you work on after, you know, not after. I'm sure that's like a, something that just lives with you for, you still work with her, right? Yeah. So Dreezy's it's like, like, it's always, me and Dreezy, like we have a great relationship, a great bond. Like she's like a sister to me. Like we talk about music. We talk about life. Like I really care about her. So it's, it's it's more than just the music like what's going on little sis you straight like yeah. i was just calling you to check on you today like things like that are happening because we really build a foundation with each other mm-hmm. and like that's the most important thing to do with your artists is like have a foundation with them the artist needs to know like you're somebody that they can talk to they can confide in they can come to for advice because like at the end of the day like like when it comes to the music making scenery, I'm your shrink. Mm. Like, like that's how I'm going to get the best music out of you yeah. is by talking to you and talking about your problems and talking about your issues and like, you know what? Write a song about that. Like, that's what you're going through. That's, what, that's, what's, that's what's angering you. Even if the song isn't coming out, like, get it off your chest. Right, right, right. Like, and that's how, that's just how I work. Hmm. Yeah. And I think that's important too, because sometimes I might, I mean, that's what they do for a living, but they may miss the fact that that's all they need to do to, to like, that, you know, but fix that's their what issue. connects to people. Like, like people want to know, like, like, don't get me wrong. Like there's hit records that come out all the time, but if you pay attention to those records that live and last and you, and people sample or redo or interpolate and shit like that, they not, they not doing that to these cookie cutter records. No, nope. they doing that to records that really had feeling to it. That really makes you feel a certain type of way. Yeah. You know, Teresa, uh, with B and she's been, I think she found B. She's her A&R. Do you know her? Do you know that name? Teresa? I she found two. Okay. Beyonce. Oh, and Desi's child back in the day. I'm trying to think. She's. I was just with her a bunch. When we no, were I don't. I don't know her, but you know, she found Destiny's child, so she got to be a goat. <laughs> yeah, like I is. would love to sit down with her and pick Man, her brain and just what say. understand like, like what she went through. Like for me, it's like I believe like yeah, books tell you things, but hands-on experience tell you the right things. Hell yeah. People who went like like. 
somebody who's never been in my shoes don't understand what I'm going through is like, yeah, I might can confide in you and talk to you what I'm going through, but I'm not doing that for you to tell me, no, you need to do this and this and this like this. I'm just telling you to get it off my chest because right. sometimes a nigga just needs to talk. Right. But I feel like you have to understand like people who've been through certain things and people who've done certain things and what was their way and how they got around it because dealing with artists isn't easy. Like, and some of us make it look easier than others, but some of us have better relationships and rapport with our artists than others just because the type of relationship you try to build with somebody. Right. Like, if I'm coming to you and I'm like, yeah, bro, I'm going to sign you, I'm going to get you the bag, I'm going to get you this, I'm going to get you this, and I'm going to get you that. And then you looking around and you're like, yo, where's this? Where's that? Where's that? Like, I failed you already. Mm -hmm. That's not even how I'm coming in the situation, though. Like, I'm coming in the situation to understand how to build you. Like, what do you want? Where do you see yourself as an artist? What is your vision? Right. Where, who are some artists that you look up to, who you respect, who you like their career versus just liking their music? Because you can like this person for this and like that person for that. But I need to understand all that about you to understand what I'm doing with you. Totally. Like, and that's real A&R. And like, real A&R is investing in the artist right. to get the best out of them, not just playing beats. Is it competitive? Like at Interscope, like is there how many A and R's is there? Is there even like do you Yo, even know? Yeah. <laughs> is, I mean, top of the food chain on the urban side, we got Joey I. E. Mm -hmm. It's the big dog. We got Sycamore. Sycamore big Crazy. dog. He yeah. just did um Shaq West. He does all of Travis Scott stuff. He worked on YG stuff. Um he just signed a few other artists like that I can't talk about right, right. now, but he, he had, oh he also has murder beats he has a lot in the can and I've learned a lot from him over the years then you have Tim Glover Tim Glover he's Glover he's dope as fuck um he does black he does Ari Lennox he does everything J Cole and Dreamville JID yeah um he he has another artist she's super talented she's amazing I can't say her name but anybody who knows Tim Knows, knows what I'm talking about, like, and it he oh he also has little Mosey, mm. um and he's just been pushing the envelope. Um, you also have my brother Dash Dash signed Playboy Cardi. He signed Juice World. Um, he just signed some other artists. He just signed an incredible R and B artist named Laven. He just signed a new guy Laven today. Kelly? Yeah, that's my guy. Yeah, my boy Dash signed him. Damn, good. They were you talking know? about that a while back. Yeah, they're like, I don't know, it might happen. Yeah, it happened. I edited one of his music videos. They didn't put it out because of that. They were waiting. <laughs> that's really what happened. I was like, all right, let's wait. Let's see what happens. Yeah. That's crazy. That kid's talented. Um, that's dope. There's a fuck. Yeah. Then after Dash, you know, you have me. Um, we just we just got this incredible young lady named Bearline. She's dope as hell. She was at Columbia. She just came to Interscope to bless our team. Um, we have Nicole W. She's dope as shit. Like, she... Um, works close with Joey um yeah and that's 
Urban A and R squad. Oh, I'm forgetting. You know, we have Manny Smith. Mm. Manny Smith's the goat, man. Yeah. Manny Smith does Kendrick. Everybody, <laughs> he bro. does Schoolboy Q. He gave me a ride home from uh, Coachella once because I got left there. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Nah, man, Manny. Um, he signed. He signed Rich the Kid this year. I mean, last year. He's been doing a lot of things, and Manny's dope. Like I've learned a lot from Manny. Um, and he's always willing to pick up a call and just give advice. Right. Like, or even in the office, like, yo, push, don't take that. Mm -hmm. Like, tell me to like boss up and you know, like do what you have to do. Like, and he's been in the game for so long. Like he understands like how to play the game. Right. And a lot of times we take advice from our friend or from this person or that person who's been A&R for a couple years, like who may have had one big hit record, but then you have somebody who's been A&R for years and they have consistently been involved in artists who made it to the next level. And those are the people, if you get in right with those people, those are people who's going to give you the real gems, mm -hmm. not just tell you some game, not going to tell you how to just stay relevant but to actually be a power player. Right. You know, and learn being able to learn from people like Manny or Sycamore or even my brother Dash, like it's 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 great. Do like, you think you seem like a person that your ears always low to the ground, like you're paying attention, you're very observant. I'm not in the street, I'm in the streets. Mm. Shit. Like I came <laughs> from the streets like like I believe in the streets I believe everything has to go through the streets and when you lose that touch base like you lose yourself like and I'm not losing myself right cuz I know who I am and where I came from and that's what made me be a beast where I'm at right you know what I'm saying hmm. so just move a certain type of way so when you go to say you're going to go meet a new artist what is your kind of your process for like you, you're trying to sign a new artist they're on the fence a lot of people I, I think usually when an artist is at the point where everyone's trying like everyone's trying to get them you, usually is what right. I hear from the stories what's like one thing that you try to bring to the table that you feel like competitors don't do and I, I maybe mean, you don't want to give up the secrets but I it ain't even no secret like I, I'm just myself like I'm not coming to sell you no story sell you no dream make you make you feel like you're on a pedestal like if you trying to work with somebody who's trying to work and who's going to fight for you and who's going to be a voice for you, come fuck with me. Right. Like, if you want to go be on some hype beat shit, like, it's a nigga out there for you. Right. But that's not me. Like, every artist I work with, like, we're in tune, we're intact, like, and I'm not, I'm not going to sign any artists who I don't feel like I can really have a conversation with. Yeah, that's like, weird. That doesn't, that doesn't work for me because I'm a person, like, and I only want to deal with people. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want. I'm not a robot. Like I'm not gonna be like, yo, yeah, that's fire, and I hate the song. <laughs> I'm not gonna be in your session like, yeah, this gotta go on the album. And then I get out the office. I'm at the office. I'm like, yo, I, this shit they were doing last night is horrible. That's not me. Right. I know, and I don't think that's anybody on my team on on the same staff that I'm on on Interscope. Like we're very vocal. We're very opinionated, and that I feel like that's why we're where we're at. Yeah. Like. You think it's so in that process, say it is something that you feel like is shitty and you want to voice that opinion. Do you I'm gonna tell you right then you and tell there. Right, then there, right, bro? This ain't the one, bro. Another beat, yeah. I don't care if your cousin produced this, another beat, mm. like yo, bro. bro. That verse is trash, like, but you might be mad at me in a second right. when it happens, but. 
Trust me. When your album come out, like you gonna appreciate that, and that's the bigger picture for me. Like a lot of people tell me, sometimes you can be a little too rough, too much of an asshole. (laughs) But it's like I'm just blunt, and I feel like if more people were blunt in this world, straight to the point, a lot more would get done, and a lot more BS and shit like that wouldn't happen because. You're vocal about what you want and how you want it done. Right. Hmm. Were you touring often when you were with the guys like early on before you became a What? Before I was a and I was my first job was YG's tour manager. You were his ma- tour manager? Tour manager. You really done it all, bro. Yeah. I was Were you giving tats too at the same time or not? <laughs> Different times. Around the same like <laughs> I stopped doing tattoos like when YG stuff really started taking off and I couldn't take it as serious. Like, yeah, right. And like, I just needed to focus and needed to be doing what I was doing. Like, and but my first tour was crazy, man. We went on tour with Tyga, did the Careless World Tour. It's about 15, 16 of us on a 12 pack, on a 12 bunk bus. Whole squad. Thugging. Yeah. Like, and fuck. I was the youngest of everybody. Like, I was 19. Damn. Like, Everybody else was 20, 21, 22, 23. Like, and young ass me was Running getting everybody shit. up, yeah. making sure everybody was at sound check, making sure everybody ate. And it was like, when I look back at it, like, I appreciate YG for entrusting me with all that and giving me that type of responsibility because 19 year old me turned into 22 year old AR executive. Right. You know, and that holds a lot of value. Like, I didn't like I grew up fast mm-hmm. because of the hustle and because of what I was doing and how I wanted to make it. So like, yeah, touring was great, but it, it, it showed me like, you know, you can you can make things happen. Like it's not always about using your muscle and being this I, I, I or this street person or this and that you can. Be intelligent and still get things done. Yeah. Like, and yeah, tour managing, it was great. Like, you know, but I was, I was an asshole. Like, I'm checking every idea of every girl that get on this bus. I'm checking, like, if you're not a homie, you can't come to the back of the bus. Ain't shit getting stole off my bus. Like, we ran a real strict program and YG wanted his stuff a certain type of way. And because how he wanted his stuff, it made me a better person. Right. And even from moving from working on YG stuff to working with Mustard stuff like you you get with an artist you understand how artists want to move like and an artist isn't supposed to be the bad guy right. an artist isn't supposed to be the person who tells somebody no an artist isn't supposed to be the person who who's checking IDs or making sure that their bus is straight and all that like they leave that up to somebody who they can trust and they right. can confide in like and if you get that job and you fuck that up like you ain't shit you like, done and I refuse to be shit right so I did what I had to do. Right. That makes sense. And I felt like you had experience from that. And but that goes back to you hosting parties, to being in the culture of promoting, to literally yeah, tour managing. Like, You've seen every side hustle. of this shit. So when you, as an A&R, like most people talk about like signing, like you would sign the, the main artist, but you were talking about like if you brought in a young producer and they pop off and that's your, that's because of you. So is that, do you also sign producers and things like that. I don't know how that works. It's another conversation. Is it another conversation? <laughs> I don't know if it's if that's some shit that people don't um, talk about. So but, like 
Like, what um, if you had two pieces of gold that popped off at the this, same time? So that honestly just recently happened to me. Oh, for real? Um, yeah. So last year, I was about to say this year, but last year, right? Um, me and Joey signed Moneybag Yo. Okay. Dope signing. Like, shout out to Gotti. Like, shout out to them even letting me be involved in creating his album. And first thing when I came to Moneybag, I told him like, "Yo, I want to put you with." a young producer with a producer who doesn't really have too much of a name out there or a crazy catalog out there. So when you break, you're breaking a producer and creating a sound at the same time. Mm -hmm. And like, that's what I came in with. Like mustard and YG helped break each other. Right. So working on money bag, yo's project, um, I brought in, when we first was working on his EP. I brought in this young producer by the name of drum God. Okay. Um, and Drum got first on Moneybags EP before his album on Bet On Me, he did two songs. Two of the songs that people loved yeah. a lot. And then going from there, going into his album, brought Drum Bag back in, Drum God back in, and Drum God worked on, I believe, six records. Oh, damn. Out of the six, he produced and co-produced some of the records, but then like he also co-produced with Javar on um say now featuring j cole right and that song it it's been going up yeah. like money bag yo shit is going up but it's like you're breaking a producer and an artist yeah. at the same time you know what i'm saying yeah, that's crazy and so just circling back around that's the same thing like hmm. like think about like cardi cardi and pierre broke it sent broke helped each other yeah like and it's always it's always about that because like producers have nine lives. Hmm. Artists maybe one, have two. Yeah, one or two. Like you know what I'm saying? It's just like Yeah. But it's easier for a producer to reinvent and recreate itself for self and recreate a sound versus an artist. So it's like when you can tie in a dope artist with a dope producer who are both hungry, yeah. You get the best. Right. And I feel like that's what we did working on Reset for Moneybag Yo. Hmm. It's interesting how you, you, the mindset of you doing the parallel of YG and Mustard to bringing that in and how that could make sense for a lot of people. But I feel like that isn't something people are always thinking about. I mean, that's I, I don't go... I just go off of what I know. Right. And what, I, what I've been through and what I've seen. Hmm. Like, and... Like, Mustard and YG are the two people who helped put me in my position. Mm-hmm. So anything I do, if it's dealing with a producer or with an artist, like I try to look back and just remember like things that we went through, right? Like because I was there, I was involved. Like so, just understanding that, I try to understand the like what's going on today. Yeah, and that's just how I move personally. I don't know if everybody moves like that. I don't know how everybody moves. I really don't care how everybody runs their show. Right, but it's like. Dealing with me, I'm just going off of what I know and what I can understand and what I can find out versus mm -hmm. just doing something for the heck of it. You know what I'm saying? Totally. So right now in your position, like coming this far with it, do you find yourself, how you found so much mentorship starting out? Are you providing mentorship yourself now, kicking back to other people and finding ways to do it? Search. <laughs> I know. I was bringing that up. So <laughs> just sitting here off camera, he, he hooked up the Aaron Ray uh, interview as well. Yeah, I mean, camp. like, as far as me, like, 
like I told you, bro, I'm an open book. So if you ask me a question or you ask me something I've been through, like if even if it's an artist, if it's a producer, if it's a friend, if it's for somebody trying to get in the music, I'm just going to give you what I know. Right. I'm not about to sit here and tell you like hoobity hoo ha just to sound cool. Like I'm telling you all things off of experience that I have. And if I don't really have anything that can match or match what you're talking about, I'll let you know. Like I don't know. Right. Hmm. What was, I mean, out of the four years, what's been like one of the most standout moments for you? Is there anything in particular you can think on? There's been a few, man. Or what's some shit that you were just like, fuck, you probably knew you'd end up in the situation, but maybe not this fast or something that maybe just happened that kind of fucked you up. Like, damn, I really pulled this off. Um, like, completing Dreezy's first album was like a big, a big thing for me. Like, yeah. Um, from Dreezy's album to K. Roosevelt's album to J305 to, um, Aaron Ray to, RJ's mixtape like just every I feel like every moment I have with every artist like have their moments that I'm like damn like this is another not just an accomplishment for you or just for me but for us so yeah. like everything has its own moment that makes you appreciate it a right, lot right. more and like it gives you a different level of respect for a person a lot more yeah right so like I would say like like with with every artist like from artists who I sign you know from artists who I wanted to sign you know from producers I deal with for completing the album like everything has its niche and everything has something that I'm always going to remember and I'm always going to be thankful for right. like for the rest of my life so I can't say it's one moment because I've shared so many great moments with so many great artists who I believe in yeah you know what I'm saying so I would say between every artist, like there are a ton of moments. So it's just, I'm just, I'm just happy to be able to do what I do and do something I love and be around artists who appreciate that and give me the opportunity to, to help guide them to do their music. Cause at the end of the day, like you don't have to listen to what your A&R says at right. all. Like you can just be like, yeah, whatever. All right, I'm going to do me. Like, that's what you think. Okay, cool. I'm going to do me. But I work with great artists who I've connected with as a person and we see each other as friends versus just people who work together. Right. So it's like building that relationship and having that kind of trust from somebody is special to me. Right, right, right. How, what's your five-year plan? Take over the world, Craig. There Take over the world, <laughs> man. You know... Like I'm not I'm just not stopping Like I know It's a lot of people Who get in this game And you know They be here for a couple of years And they get satisfied yeah. Or they get that big check And they're like Well shit As long as this come in I'm good Like I don't there's no stopping in my five year plan. Like I just released my first video game app, like outside yeah, I saw of music. That shit. What the fuck? Yeah, man. Just trying to do something different, like because like things and the people who I've studied, like like they did their shit in music, mm -hmm. but the things that kept them relevant and, and are so dope is about being a business mogul and doing things that attach back to the music, but don't necessarily have to mesh with the music. Right, right, right. Like. 
I didn't do like my video game isn't based off any rappers. It isn't based off any singers. There's n no production like heavily on there or anything like that. It's based off of me running through LA like and trying to stack my coins and stack my bread and staying above water and you know just dodging the holes and dodging obstacles that I can stay away from to make it in life. So thinking about all that, I I tried to make that into a game so it's like yeah, when you're playing it, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm just getting my money. I'm right. stacking my bread up. But there's really a deeper meaning behind the Substance. game. It's like, you know, like you have to do what you have to do and you have to watch out for certain things to continue to make it. And all money isn't good money. Right. Like You have to pick your poison and you have to pick like what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. And you don't get too many chances. And that's why it's like with a lot of games out here, they give you three lives. Like my game is like old school. Like you got one life. That's Donzo. Yeah, you start back over from the top. I've beat it. Hey. I don't know too many people who have beat it. Shout out Ivan, who helped me put it together. Have Shout out Avion. It's hard. Fuck, I got to play it. But it's like, it's it's a mind thing. And it's like, I know what people try to do. Like, when you start playing stuff like that, you think like, oh, everything is like the same. Right. But we constantly change things up or had things spread out just a little more or up a little higher down a little lower or have some stacks of money offset so you think like oh let me jump and get this stack of money but once you jump and get that stack of money you're gonna fall right in the hole yeah. because all money's not good money right like so just what i've learned in life and what i've been through just put it in the game do you see that game? Do you see yourself like spawning off and making a, yeah, I don't know, version two or three or whatever? Like coming soon. Coming soon for sure. If you got be, I got a lot in the makes when it comes to that. Like I want to be. I don't want to just be somebody who was here today, going tomorrow. Right. Signed a couple artists, like didn't really do anything. Like I want to give back to my city. I want to own a piece of my city. Like I want. I want ownership. Like I want something to stamp myself, something to look back on, something for my kids to understand. Like this is what you. This is how you really make it. Like right. because like when you think about it, like damn, there's a lot of dope A and R's who signed a lot of dope artists. Right. But they ain't Diddy. Yeah. They not Baby. Yeah. Like, you know, they're not Joey Ie. Mm -hmm. They're not Jay Brown. Like, they're like. They came and went, but they came and went because they didn't understand, like, it's not just about capitalizing off of one thing in this industry. Like, you have to become a mogul and you have to become business savvy and you have to understand, like, building a brand isn't always based off one thing. It's taking that one thing that you have, using that as a base and getting involved in other things that surround it. But don't take away from it. Right. Because like me making a game, that's not taking away from my music. No. You know, like I'm not over here like, yeah, I'm an A&R, but I'm a rapper too. Right. Like I'm not an A&R, I'm, I'm but oh yeah, I make beats. Bro, you heard some of my beats? Mm -hmm. Like, like niggas is going to look like, oh bro, you just trying to, you trying to work now. Like, so you work at the label, you make the beats. <laughs> You pick how you you yeah. pick the price right. for the budget. You pick how much the beats like how much you get paid for the beats is like, bro, that's not that's not it. Like you you start getting involved in doing things like that, you you're always gonna hit a ceiling and you're always gonna hit a wall and people gonna think like, Oh, you're a finesser. Like mm -hmm. like that's not that's not what I'm about. Like, so I'm just trying to 
do what I have to do as a mogul to, you know, create a legacy. Exactly. Right. Spread my wings across. Mm-hmm. Like, because that's what we're actually here to do. I mean, it's cool that you said that there is no artist, no music really related to your game, but I could see the game having the impact and then your relationships, like people wanting to be on top of the game as you know, it grows. And just like me releasing the game, like I've had a hundred percent, like I haven't done any real marketing. Yet. Yeah. Like everything has been organic. Everything has been supportful, like artists, influencers, friends, people, regular people, like they, buy my game they like it they repost they shot me out they're telling people to get it like and you can't buy that nah you know and that's an experience that's an experience that you only build from being who you are and being a great person and people respecting you for that like and that's what i'm trying to do and that's what i like and it just it shows like you can do anything because like i didn't i didn't promote a game for a year or tell people like i was making a game like like Serge tell you he's he's been around. Like I worked my ass off with my team who helped me make the game. You know, shout out Avion, shout shout out Rachel, shout out Ivan. Like they really sit down and helped me make my vision come to life. But once it came to life, I'm like, nigga, I'm dropping it today. It's available, I'm dropping it. <laughs> hey, go. Like if you look at my posts when I posted, I said that. Like, yeah. yo, I don't but and from there. If you fucked with me, you gotta fuck with it. Right. Like it ain't it ain't taking nothing away from you. It's not gonna hurt you to repost something or right, to say right, you right. fuck with this. Like that's organic love. And I try to give people the same. Like any artist I fuck with, like, yo, I'm gonna post your music. Like, mm-hmm. even if you're not signing me, even if you go sign somewhere else, like right. I'm gonna support you if I fuck with you. Yeah. Because at the same time I'm a person, like, and I would want the same thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like you get what you give yeah for sure no I'm with that and sometimes it's important like give with no expectation of anything in return exactly like I'm not I'm not I wasn't I don't post people's album because I want them to post my game like I've been posting albums I've right. been telling people like I fuck with this person even if they I didn't sign them right like even if I tried to sign them they went somewhere else like if I fuck with you I fuck with you. You jump out of the car, giving the mixtape to the chick, and you had no idea. It wasn't an intention to be like, "Oh, I'm gonna yeah, be a tour manager someday." I didn't know that that chick who I gave that 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 mixtape to today was gonna have a million followers, right? Because Instagram wasn't alive back then, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? And like, I think a lot of people get lost in followers and Instagram and post and all this kind of shit. Like, that's the meaning of life. Like, nah, that's just something you do. Like, it doesn't have any real, like, don't get me wrong. If you making bread off Instagram, get your bag. Yeah, for sure, like, get your bag. I'm never going to knock anybody from getting a bag. Right, right. But just to sit there and go through Instagram all day, like, you're doing something wrong. You should be living. Like, right. Even me, like, I'm in the studio every night. I'm not posting a video every night showing you that I'm in the studio, letting you know what artists I'm working with because I need the clout. Like, right. I don't need that. Right. I'm going to do my music. Yeah. Like and let that speak for itself. And it it gives you a different le- uh, artist has a different level of respect for you cuz like nigga I don't need no picture with you. I'm your homie. Like right, this right. is real. Like nigga if I could do this any day, yeah. if I could call you and ask you for something, You're good. why do I need to post a picture? No. Nope. Don't matter. You know? So it's like I just think people get lost in the wrong things. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Fuck. I love that I didn't even get to tell you what this podcast was about. And it's all about pushing education and like fathering people that are trying to be in 
our shoes and you're just fucking shit gems left and right yeah bro like I, that's what I believe in bro like nigga if you, if you know something like knowledge is free like, yeah. but it's key like like I can have all the knowledge and if I hold it in how's that gonna help you right like How's that going to help the next person? Yeah. Like. By the time you get to retirement, most of that shit's irrelevant. Ain't going to help nobody if you try to write the book then. And if I know, and if I'm went, like, for example, what's the, um, damn, this movie's a great analogy. Um, Who's in it? Damn, I just, my mind just went blank. But, um. Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Nah, you have to, like, get these. Oh, it just came out like last year, but it's like you have to win these three things to um, and then you own the game. Uh, damn, I, I just Ma- started Time Runner or something. No, like that? Maze Runner. Nah, um, Player One. Player One. Shit was tight. so that game is the mean. Like people just think like the hidden meaning behind that game. Like you have to understand. Like bro, one he he figured it out. And then he told all his homies. Yeah. And then they figured it out. Ching, and it's like, come on, let's all get mm-hmm. this. Let's all get this money. Let's right. all get this bag. Like, nigga, it's too much of everything out here to be selfish, exactly. to be stingy. Like, if I can help you, who knows? I might need you in five years. Yeah. Like, it's just like even with Serge, like, I'm going to give Serge all the game I can give him because I'm 27 now. Right. He just graduated from college. Yeah. Shit. I might fall off Right And when I fall off He might become The next A&R Who just signed Fucking J Balvin Or something Like You know And I say J Balvin Shout out J Balvin man <laughs> Serge took me to my first Fucking concert As a fan this year man For it my was birthday I went to see J Balvin I didn't LA know show? shit He was saying But it was fucking Incredible man That shit looked crazy One of my, Yo, two, Both of my friends Were friends with him And like went that It was fucking was, crazy what man the fuck that was one of the first shows I've I've went to in my adult as age fan. as a fan, and wow. I just appreciate like, and he didn't have to do that for me, but that just showed yeah. like that showed a different level of respect and fucking with a person, yeah. like because like nigga, I'm quote unquote supposed to be your boss, right? I'm supposed to be the nigga getting the tickets, like yo, yeah, we going to the show, like nigga, you bought me tickets for a concert, like, and it's just like damn. That's Thank tight. you. Like right. I appreciate him for doing that. And I probably haven't even told him that, but I'm telling the fucking world that because it means it <laughs> just meant me. so much more. And it's like, but that's the type of thing that I'm remember in 20 years. Yeah, over someone that slaps the VIP bracelet on you real quick, like you know, no deal. Like, and that's something he's gonna remember in 20 years. Like that's 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 that was a moment. Hey, hold on. Hey, sir, this Allen <laughs> business per usual. That was that was. A moment and that moment means something and it meant something to me and it's like that's priceless right right right. and if you can do that for somebody like you don't know like what that will make them want to do for you in the Fuck future it. like no, i'm all about that like that's what it's really about like us as people like right we're supposed to help each other like i'll be seeing so many people like ready to fuck over the next person it's just like damn you just don't even fucking know, bro. You're trying to fuck over this kid, bro. And this kid might be the nigga in 10 years. Right. And then once he's the nigga, you think he's still going to fuck with you? Hell no. Nah, he going to remember you shitted on him. Right. That's crazy. Anybody who helped me, I'm going to help. Trust me. I know. And anybody who shit. shitted on me, I might still help. But I'm going to remember that right. they shit on me. Right. But I'm such a good person. I'm so in tune myself. Like, I ain't got a problem with still reaching out to help somebody because last thing I'm going to do if I see you about to fall off a ledge I ain't going to let you fall right 
Cause nigga What if I'm right there And it's somebody Who I fucked over Like shit I hope They understand I'm saying sorry And they don't let me fall Right Like and If more people move like that Like this world would be Great No, that's an excellent outlook My friend God damn Yeah This is a fucking great interview I'm smiling Man. at the camera right now <laughs> Like this <laughs> guy you, just bro. saying like, shit Alright so So I, I told you before I have a private community Or mm-hmm. whatever So I always let them ask questions to you So I just, sure. it's rapid fire shit So I post about it or whatever And everyone's popping off Actually real quick Last minute So shout out to the squad uh, But yeah you can take your time Or answer them quick But uh, Mia Rochelle she said um, I'm not familiar with women who are ANRs. How often does he come across them and who would be some dope ones we to follow? We have two great, great women ANRs at Interscope. Nicole and Bearline. Like, follow them. Follow them. You know, like, do your research. Like, they're women empowered. They empower other. Oh, I'm sorry. We have a third. Her name is Ashley. She started off as an assistant. Um, then she started working on Dreezy's new project, Big Dreezy, that's about to drop. Make sure when that drop, y'all get that shit. And she just signed her first artist. Like, and that's because somebody like Sycamore believed in her and gave her the opportunity. Like, you believe in this artist? Come on, let's do it. Right. That's like, crazy. And that's, and that's what it takes, like, to really win. Like, but yeah, we have three beautiful, strong women on our A&R squad at Interscope. Mm. Go check them out. Um, Quava Fetty. I always fuck up their names. Uh, how does he find artists? Does he look for artists with a buzz or an artist with no buzz at all but talent to the world? Um, still grind up audience. Or does artists reach out? How do, do artists reach out to you? Artists reach out to me every day, honestly. Like, I get DMs. I get people writing on my pictures. Like, I listen to a lot of them. But it's like, as far as for me, like, I'm with any type of way. However the music gets to me, if it's something I fuck with, like I want to meet the person and it's not about for me it's not about clout like like I'll give the person with a hundred followers a good deal right like I'm not gonna just cause you only got a hundred followers I'm not gonna put you in a fucked up deal right like even if you and because you got a million dollars I mean a million followers I'm not gonna give you some fucking crazy deal like I'm I'm signing artists who I believe in like and that's just it like it doesn't it followers and all that don't matter to me clout don't matter to me like it's about me believing in you and you believing in yourself and me understanding that i can help you because i'm not gonna like you can be a hard-ass artist Mm -hmm. but if i don't know what to do with you it's so selfish for me to sign you right i might talk to my my other A&Rs and see if it's something that can work for somebody else or throw the bone to somebody else or if it can't work like should i tell you like bro hey you should go fuck with bro. Like, maybe that's the best bet for you. Like, right. you don't need to come sign to me to sit on no shelf because I ain't trying to shelf nobody. Right. I'm, I'm looking for hungry artists who believe in the craft and who wants to take time to build something because development is key. Like, you see so many artists now who get a fucking hit song and go on tomorrow. Or you see an artist who get a hit song and but they can't perform, like... Right. Or they can't... Like, they had a good song and a horrible album. It's like, where did the disconnect come from? Yeah. It's because people just think, oh, you got a hot song, you're it. But that's not it, like... Hmm. At least for me. Right, right, right. What's, what's the... What way would you... Say, if someone's listening to this and they wanted to reach out to you... What's a preferable way that you and I'm sure other A&Rs would prefer that someone would contact you? Like, is there a proper way that you like them to One approach you? One thing I hate 
Yeah, this is the only thing I hate. Don't spam me. Like, I check my DMs every day. I see my comments every day. I see y'all writing on my shit. I go look at your music, but if it if it's something I can't do nothing with, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna crush your dreams. Right. I'm not gonna be the nigga to tell you to stop rapping. Mm-hmm. I might think that, but I'm not gonna tell you like just just keep doing you, bro, and maybe it'll get better. Like YG didn't always have the best lyrics. He wasn't always a lyricist. Like people didn't always take him serious. Like nigga, when we put, first came out, people were like, what the fuck is this nigga talking about? Yeah. Amy, right. what the fuck is that? <laughs> Pussy killer, like what right. the fuck, like, yeah. like people, like it takes it takes time as an artist to evolve, like and like it's a couple artists right now who be spamming me, who be talking shit to me, who be like you're passing up the best artists and all, and it's just like maybe that's God's plan, right? Maybe you're just not meant to be with me, but just because you wrote on my page. 30 times don't mean I'm assigned you, right? Because I've already looked at you when you wrote the first time. I seen it. I only got. A few thousand followers I ain't got A few million Right So it's like I see everything But if I can't do Nothing for you bro I'm not gonna shatter Your dreams bro Keep working Sis keep working Keep trying to do It and If you take it Serious enough It's gonna happen Fucking with that Cassidy Elizabeth, she said, I went to school for journalism, achieved a BA already, and unfortunately you can't find any A&R related internships that are for non-students. Um, how do you gain experience in the field after you graduate college? Find an artist, believe in that artist, help that artist. Mm. Chloe Frey, Fraley? Frey, I don't know. What does your job look like on an everyday basis? We started talking about this, but you didn't really wrap it up. You start, sometimes you were telling me you can start in the morning and wrap up at like 5 fucking a.m. and then repeat. Every day. Every day is like Every that. Every day I go to sleep, bet- and anybody who knows me know I go to sleep between 3 and 6 a.m. I'm back up at 10 a.m. Like, Aaron calls me every morning, 9.30, 10 a.m. I'll be half asleep, but it'd be like, sometimes I'll be thankful, like, damn. Because if he wouldn't have called me, I was not going to make it to work this morning because I was in the studio all night. But it's like, it just, every day, just, it depends. But I'm, I probably go to about between two to four sessions a night, stretch across. Plus, I go to the gym. Plus, I go to the office, and that just be like the thing. Like, yeah, there's only 24 hours in a day, but your day is what you make it. Like, if you get up and you hit the ground running, like you will have a, a positive day, a successful day. Cause I get up, I walk my dog, I feed my dog, I get dressed, I go to the office, I leave the office, I go to the gym. Now it's traffic in between all this. Worse, because I stay far from the office. Yeah, we talked about that. Like I can't tell y'all where I stay because I don't <laughs> want some of y'all motherfuckers looking around my neighborhood, riding around like, "Hey, do push me over my, here? Answer my DMs, man! <laughs> Come on, I sent thirty of them." But um, yeah, and then once I leave the gym, I go home, I shower, I eat, then I'm right back out the door. Studio one, studio two, or sometimes studio three, studio four. Right. It all just depends, but. I, it's 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 not a lot of sleep, but you know you if you if you're doing what you love, you'll enjoy doing it. Mm. Like I can sit in the studio all night because I truly enjoy being there. So you know that's dope. Alwa Gordon said, "People have said that the job of an A and R is dead. How do you feel about that statement?" My guy pulled up in the uh, nice looking little BMW outside, so I don't think that's I mean like true facts at all. Like I will say this, man. You know. A&R's had a difficult time for a while, 
But if you look in today and age, like, come on, man. You have people like Sycamore who who's broke countless of artists who's helped who not just broke artists but help artists be a better them. You have people like Tunji. You have people like Dash. You have people like me. You have people like Joey IE. You have like you have people like Jay Brant. Like there's you have people like Dallas Dallas at Atlantic. He just did fucking he just signed Roddy Rich from mm. LA who's amazing. He just did Nipsey's album and Meek Mill's album. Like Back to base. Like yeah. You can't say A&R is dead Like you're just not Doing your research Or maybe You you know Maybe it's some artists Out here who don't Want to say Yeah my A&R helped me Because they want to Seem like they're just A creative visionary But there's a lot of Dope talented A&Rs out here Who are Putting in the work The time The effort Like every day Damn Like Oh even Orlando Like Orlando Signed um, PNB Rock. He signed Kodak Black. He signed. He he was involved. He was, he signed Fetty Walk before he was at Atlantic. He also um, just signed Twenty Two G's. He like like he's broke. He he signed NBA YoungBoy. He signed a lot of artists who are tied into the culture right now. So it took him to go find those artists and help those artists put those projects together. So how could the, how could A&Rs be dead? Right. <laughs> I love that. Cassier Cunningham, this is the last one. What were some of the biggest conflicts you've encountered when trying to commercially develop some of the artists you've put on? I don't commercially develop artists. I try to help develop the artists to be the best thing that they are, but I'm not looking for a commercial single. I'm not trying to make you a cookie cutter. I'm not trying to make you be different. Like, if you sag your pants, bruh, don't think as you come and hang with me, I'm going to be like your granny and say, pull your britches up. Like, nigga, bro, be you. Like, I want an artist to be themselves and try to help an artist be as comfortable in them their own skin as possible because a lot of times artists feel like they can't express themselves how they want to because the world's going to look at them this way or people only want this from them but i don't box nobody in and i'm not trying to make nobody like no disrespect to flow writer but i'm not trying to like yeah if you if that's the music you do that's the music you do. We're going to make the best music like that. But if this is what you do, bro, we're going to make the best out of this. Like, right. and that's how, that's how I move. Yeah. Push a rod. How was that? That's your Instagram handle. Yeah. Your last name, Rod? My first name's Rod. Got it. That makes more sense. So, and Pushes came from the crew that I started right, with. was Pushes right. Inc. Wow. So, yeah. Tight. And then it went from being my Instagram to people calling me Push and people calling me Push a Rod to me not being able to just be called Rod because <laughs> my Instagram started to take off or right. people saw me with YG or people saw me with Mustard or people saw me with another artist and the artist probably introduced me as Push and it was like, shit, nigga, own that shit. Right. I'm Push. <laughs> And push, by the way, means praying to something happen. And if you're an artist, I'm usually that something that happens. Oh, <laughs> fuck. God damn. Hey, this was a fucking excellent, excellent interview, sir. Right, bro. Thank you for having me, bro. If people made it, so I would say if people made it this far in the interview, I'll let you pick a hashtag that they can go to your last Instagram post, tag me in that shit, and then just say whatever the hashtag is so we know that they made it this far into the episode. Hashtag never stop, man. Boom. Never stop believing in yourself. Never stop striving. Never stop working. Never stop 
doing whatever you do like because bro you can dig and you can dig and you can dig bro and you give up right before you hit the gold like and like i'm gonna continue to push mm-hmm. so you should too that's hard what's the how do how do they get the game yo so you can go in your app store and you can download my game it's called hop out streets of la for iphone or for apple and android it's on apple right now it'll be available for androids next week i just got um certification for androids um yeah and i'm excited i just have some i also have some really dope in-app purchases that's about to launch like where you can create your own player change the clothing of the player so you don't have to be me you know but if you want to run through the city with me i mean who better to run through la with (laughs) (laughs) dope all right cool man how do you want to end it it's it's all you sign it out hey bro just thank you for having me thank you anybody out there man just keep pushing man like don't stop and like i'm prime example i made it from nothing and i will be something hell yeah you already are bro all right thank you bye 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 that's it for episode 50 with push a rod thank you for listening and tuning in make sure to follow push on instagram at push a rod so you can start fucking with what he's doing you can find all the social links for him in the podcast notes bwnc.com slash podcast for that shit if you watch the podcast on youtube drop a review in the comments if you listen on itunes leave us a review so people know that we are lit and if you're interested in joining the black with no cream private group for creators visit bwnc.com slash join merch store is currently shut down but we have some new shit coming soon so obviously pay attention to that and if you support black window cream visit jointhehomies.com or patreon.com slash black window cream to support us on patreon and get early access to this podcast and a bunch of other perks and overall you're just helping us keep this shit alive all right that's it new episode every single wednesday and sunday see you next week you bitch i just want to give a quick shout out to our producers and executive producers who have been supporting the show these are the people on our patreon account that pledge honestly the most it's the biggest tier that we have um so big shout out to our producers aisha and reed fifty dollars a month like you guys are fucking crazy for supporting us and to our executive producers Craig and Christopher, you guys giving a hundred dollars a month like means the world to us, you guys. So thank you very much for pledging this. Um, we can't do it without you guys. So we're just gonna keep growing this fucking group. Yeah, heard me.